0: The Feel
1: Not Episode 142. The one where God speaks through an ass yet again.
0: The Feel Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's Word. Hello all you Theolaitans out there, I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are... The Theonauts! Theonauts! You lay it, yeah.
1: Pretty clever. Yeah, that'll
0: blend in a little bit anyway. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: so how you doing, David? Good. Yeah. So
0: uh, your stinger, I mean, it's like that kind of happens every time we record, right? <laughs> pretty
1: much. That's exactly what I was. <laughs> that was the uh, that was the pun there. <laughs> the clever. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> so, so don't be offended, anybody. Yeah. We weren't talking about you. No, we were talking about us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. So what's up? Oh man. So much. <sighs> yeah. Oh, Seeker and Servant. Yes. That's what I've been focusing on all day. So yeah, uh, pretty much. So yeah. Um did we mention this on the show? I
1: don't know if we did or not. I don't think we did. I think we should mention <coughs> it now because we want to have them kind of do an interview at some point. Oh, we do. Yeah.
0: I need to I need to ask them about that. So right. okay, so Seeker and Servant is an indie Christian band. Yeah. And they do like um, um, GoFundMe is you know that's how they raise money to record and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So they're uh, their own label, right? Anyway, um, they do this really cool thing where it's basically everything that they make from record sales, concerts, whatever they give it all away, like hundred percent of it, hundred percent of it. Wow! Like they make nothing off of it, and they give it all back to God. That's wow. that's the whole. Their their whole ministry now, and so uh, we got in touch with them through uh, Footprints of Charity and yeah. the Way, and uh, they're going to come to Savoy, Texas,
1: little Savoy, little Savoy Texas.
0: Texas, September sixteenth, twenty seventeen, to perform at the Way. Yeah, for a concert there, we are going to um, uh, charge admission, and all those proceeds go toward the Haiti trip. That's coming up in November.
1: Wow. That's cool, man. I'm I'm really stoked to see <clears> them and hear them. I you know, I've listened to them a lot uh since I found out about this. Yeah. And they're amazing worship. It's beautiful stuff. So mm-hmm. you should check it out, Seeker and mm-hmm. Servant.
0: Very unique harmonies. Yeah. Like well, and um like Cameron has this really almost a, a unique singing style anyway. Mm-hmm. And um and they just have this really good um Harmony effect.
1: A blend together. It's pretty neat.
0: Yeah. So, that's awesome. Kind of excited for all that.
1: Yeah. So, I've just been hanging out with kids at school. Yeah. Teaching history. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You're picking up uh, the younger gr- younger kids this year. Yes,
1: yeah, second and third, yeah. fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh. Oh wow! All those so. covering all the bases. I guess so. <laughs> Changing gears uh, every class. Huh? Yeah, and it's been pretty fun. Uh, pretty hard actually. Yeah. this uh, This week, I mean, I'm only Tuesday in, and it's tried me more than last year. But <laughs> I love it. Um, I love doing it. So, mm-hmm. and I get to teach them Bible on the way, and my my refreshed you know that's my refresher. I see some history, but Bible is really what I care about. And so, hopefully, they get enough history <laughs> because I'm throwing the Bible at them all the time. Wow, whoa, whoa, that was weird.
0: What are you doing over
1: there? I don't know. My outlook is out of date. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yet again. So I'll just mute my computer. Um. So, anyways, yeah. So yeah, it's been knows. a it's been a good week. It's been fun. Awesome. God's good. We
0: uh, we missed a week. We
1: did. We didn't even realize it. I didn't realize it really it just went so quick. But it was the first week of school for me, so it's kind of
0: helpful. Yeah.
1: But a lot of stuff happened last week too, like in the news and all that. Oh so, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's pretty crazy. But uh So yeah, oh, the we had an eclipse, of, you know. Yes, that was yesterday. I
1: saw you standing out there in downtown <laughs> Dallas with your geek glasses on checking it out. It's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: So that was kind of cool. I had not planned on doing that. Yeah. You know, but my I work down there with my clients, and and so um, this programmer of mine and I went. We went to uh, to eat lunch, uh-huh. and we're sitting outside on the sidewalk there at uh, this cool little um, place called the uh, Crafty Irishman.
1: It had <laughs> Scotch
0: eggs; it was amazing. Nice. So anyway, uh, we're sitting out there on the on the sidewalk, and this lady just walks by. Of course, everyone's out in the streets, like. Right, it's so awesome. Everyone's out in the streets looking up at the Look sky, up. Yep. and uh, this lady just walks by our table. She's walking by the sidewalk and is like, Hey, you guys have uh solar, glasses? solar eclipse glasses? And we're like, No, she was like, You want some? <laughs> <laughs> so she handed them to us. And wow, that's awesome. So when we finished our, our lunch, it was prime time yeah. for the eclipse, at least in Dallas, it was only like uh, uh they said 70% coverage, but There's no way it was seventy percent. It was. It had to be like fifty percent or something like that.
1: Well, it was supposed to be seventy percent, and the farther north you get, the more the more percentage of coverage it was. So we had here. We had about seventy. It was pretty pretty cool looking. Yeah, Um, we did pinhole viewer viewers. I took all the kids out there and we all looked, you know, looked at it and then we also had glasses, so then they switched around and actually looked at it. It was really neat, you know. Yeah. It's kind of crazy modern technology the way it's gotten because <clears> when <throat> I was a kid all we had were the pinhole viewers like Yeah, yeah. You remember that? Yeah, <laughs> I think the those? last
0: time this happened was like 79. 70
1: full no, a full eclipse last time it happened was like 1919.
0: Uh, hmm, I think yeah. so.
1: I, I I'm pretty sure. That's the case. But, like, that hit North America the way it has. Right. It was like 1919. Well,
0: the next one in 2024 is what they're saying Mm -hmm. is actually going to be total eclipse here.
1: Really? Yeah, yeah.
0: Full coverage. That'll be awesome. Wow. So,
1: awesome. Imagine Jesus comes back while we're staring up. (laughs) (laughs) If you believe in that. So, (laughs) which I do. Some people are nuts, but uh, anyways. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was a eventful week. So, all right, should we dive into this uh, tale? Let's do it. Okay. So here's a little backstory for you. I've been preaching this sermon ever since. Two thousand and one. Um, this was the first sermon I ever gave, uh, and it was on Balaam. I was part of a a class that was a pastors' class, and at the end of the the class, our final was to deliver a sermon. So it was, you know, uh, it was really fun, and we didn't get to pick our topic. The teacher actually gave us a topic, mm-hmm. so we had to do this. So
0: so and, you got assigned,
1: and I got assigned. Balaam. Balaam. Okay. Now the only thing that I knew about Balaam was about the donkey at that time, right? Honestly, like, and most people, if you ask them what they know about Balaam, they they remember all they remember is the Sunday school story where they got to color a dude on a donkey and an angel with a fiery sword, yeah, right. And that you know, and that that was pretty much it. Balaam and the donkey. That's what mm-hmm. everybody knows. <coughs> um, but as I started reading this. Story I, I was just like blown away by this guy, like, um, just really shocked. And, um, at, I don't know, maybe at a time in my life, I was uh 20 uh, or 20 close to 21 mm-hmm. whenever I did this, and uh. It just so much aligned for me that I, I really got a lot out of the story. So I've been preaching it ever since. And I, you know, every once in a while, I'll pull it back, dust it back off, <laughs> pull it out. And it's it's really not preaching. All it is is telling a story. Yeah.
0: It's funny how you have like these stories like this, that the moment when you realize the story goes deeper than you've always heard, like like you never forget that, that that's an impactful right. study. Like, for me, okay, this is the one that did it for me. Goliath. Like David and Goliath? Uh-huh. Because once again, you're always hearing the right. the, the coloring book version sure. of David and Goliath. But what I never knew was that David had, or that Goliath had four brothers four
1: Brothers, yeah.
0: that all in the course of David's life came after him right? one at a time. Right. And he had to kill or he and his, or his servants had to kill all five of these giants before right. it was all said and done. And that story blew me away. I was like, really? Yeah. There's more to this story. And so it was the same thing for me. Exactly. It was one of those stories that Drew me into deeper study, yeah, and drew me into uh fleshing out all yeah. the details of the story,
1: so yeah <laughs> and that's exactly what what happened to me, and the more I looked at this guy, the angrier I got at him because part of me was angry at myself, honestly, <laughs> and so by the time I was finished, the first time I ever preached <laughs> this i I had a title for this. The sermon, and I call it the stupidest man in the Bible or the dumbest man in the Bible. <laughs> and um, and honestly, like Balaam's far from the dumbest. I mean, there are a lot of dumb people in the Bible, just a lot of idiots. Uh, the Bible's full of them. It's pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Well, they're still around. Yeah, exactly. But this guy, I mean, Kind of takes the cake for me in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit, a little bit of a backstory. If you've never heard of the guy's name Balaam, um, his story pops up in detail in Numbers, uh, in Numbers chapter, I believe it's twenty-two. Yeah. Um, and it's it's the story. The story. The the setting is um, Moab. mm Hmm. And the people of Israel. Um, so, Balaam is a very interesting character in Scripture and even outside of Scripture. Uh, the Quran mentions Balaam. Uh, <laughs> the the, um, um, the Old Testament uh, writers. Uh, beside the, the Septuagint, yeah, or not Septu—I'm sorry. Besides, <clears throat> it's been a long day, so I'm trying to think Apocrypha? back to my yeah. There's a lot of apocryphal stuff, but no, what I'm thinking of is um, what are they called?
0: Pseudopigrapha? No,
1: <laughs> the books about the books.
0: The books about the books. I can't. Um, the Talmud?
1: Yeah, the Talmud. Thank you. That's stuff. <laughs> okay, uh, mentions him. In detail, talks about him uh, pretty pretty graphically. Um, and everywhere you turn, Balaam is, like, considered one of the most evil men in Israelite history. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, if if uh, if you really want to put your point across uh, about how false a teacher is or how evil a people is, you'll invoke the name of Balaam in in Hebrew literature. I mean, it's a big deal. Balaam was a evil man, according to these guys. So Mm -hmm. why in the world did he get this evil name? Why why is he considered absolutely uh, terrible? Um, Jewish scholars maintain that when he died, and we'll look at his death after he was killed, that they cut him up into pieces and they burned him. I mean, that's how much they hated this guy. Okay, so what in the world was going on with this with this dude right, Balaam? Right. And uh, you can well, look look up some of his history; It's pretty interesting.
0: Uh, kind of to set the scene of the of the historical, because this this actually takes place in a in a in a part of his of Israel's history that a lot of people don't even realize was happening. Right. Because okay, we talk about forty years in the wilderness.
1: Yeah, and I get lost in this. So
0: okay, so we, we always just assume. Because we skim the Bible a lot, yeah. we just assume that they came out of Egypt and then disobeyed God and ended up in the wilderness for 40 years and just ran around in circles right. for 40 years. And then, after Moses died, was allowed to cross over into Jordan, yeah. across the Jordan into uh, Canaan. But what a lot of people don't realize is during this time frame, what's going on, this is near the uh, near kind of the back half of their wilderness wanderings. right. They didn't just hang around in the Sinai Peninsula. They traveled all up and down the Jordan. Like the chapter before this in Numbers 20, uh was it 21, mm-hmm. they travel all the way up to the Bashan, which by the way is almost northern Israel. Like it it is way wow. up there past Galilee. Like that's how high they went. Right. They didn't cross the Jordan, right. but they went all the way up in that area. And they actually went to war and fought um these once again
1: giants.
0: Giants. Yeah. They, they fought uh they, in fact they just defeated a giant by the name of Og, King Og right. of Bashan.
1: Yeah, whose bed was so many shekels or whatever. Right,
0: right. Okay, so once again, there's more giants than just Goliath. Sure. So they go up here and they just defeated this giant and they're making quite a a name for themselves in this. Uh, eastern uh, area, uh, right. east of the Jordan. Right. So um, so Moab, which is where we're going to be talking, is east of the Jordan River. So they, right. they are still, you know, in that whole wilderness area, so to speak, if we want to just determine everything on that side of the Jordan River as wilderness. Sure. But they are uh, over there and gaining reputation for... They just killed a bunch of giants, for crying out loud. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so anyway, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll turn that back over to you.
1: All right, so back to this Balaam guy. Uh, now, here's, here's the deal. Here's the weird thing about Balaam, and this is one of the extremely unique things about Balaam. Um, you won't find this anywhere else in Scripture, really. Uh, Balaam was a prophet of God. Mm-hmm. Now, besides being a prophet, he was also a soothsayer and a diviner. So, you know, he practiced witchcraft, yeah. but he was a prophet of God. And it actually says that Balaam knew God. And God spoke to Balaam, and Balaam had a relationship in so s- weird. some level yeah. with God. And the reason you won't find this anywhere else in Scripture is because Balaam was not an Israelite, mm-hmm. he wasn't born in. Uh, w- in Israel, he wasn't a member of the traveling tribe. There was there was nothing about Balaam that was Israelite, but yet he had this ability to be a prophet of God. Mm-hmm. So odd, so weird. I you know the only close thing I, I can think of uh, is the king that Abraham meets. Uh, what's his name? Melchizedek. Melchizedek, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, that's the only other really weird person I can see that kind of has this same thing going. Balaam knows who God is and is a prophet of God, yet he's not a member of the Israelite people. Okay? So you need to understand that before we move on because it's really actually crucial to the story. Um, So go to Chapter 22 of Numbers, and like you've said, uh, the people of Israel have gotten quite a name for themselves. Uh, they've gone up and down the Jordan. They are they haven't crossed yet. Um, um, they haven't even uh, really gotten uh, set to cross yet, but they've been fighting these wars. Mm-hmm. Um, so go ahead, read chapter 22, and start with verse 1.
0: Okay. It says says, just stop me whenever you're ready. Okay. Then the people of Israel set out and camped in the plains of Moab beyond the Jordan at Jericho. And Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was in great dread of the people, because they were many. And Moab was overcome with fear of the people of Israel. And Moab said to the elders of Midian, this horde will now lick up all that is around us, and the as the ox licks up the grass of the field. So Balak the son of Zippor, who was king of Moab at the time, um, so Balak the son of Zippor, who was king of Moab at the time, sent messengers to Balaam the son of Baor, at Pethor, which is near the river in the land of the of the people of Ammah, to call him, saying, "Behold." A people has come out of Egypt, and they cover the face of the earth, and they are dwelling opposite me. Come now, curse this people for me, since they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them from the land, for I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed.
1: All right, so a couple things you find out about this. The the people of Israel are, are camped outside of Moab. Um, Moab's shaken in its boots It's afraid of the people of Israel And its king, Balak um, Is is stressing out, right? He's yeah. looking over and he's like, man I'm next They got <laughs> Og And yeah, yeah. I'm next There's no way <laughs> yeah, and So if,
0: if, I, if he can't stand a chance
1: th- Then I won't stand a chance So he has this little ace up his sleeve He knows of this guy, Balaam And Balaam, uh, the son of Beor, at Pathor uh is somehow a diviner and not only that, but he also somehow has the power. and Balak knows this, so apparently this has happened before. Bala- Balaam has cursed people and they've died or they've you know they've been beaten in battle or whatever. And so Balaam is known in this region mm-hmm. to have this power of cursing, yeah, okay, uh, or giving curses out. And so uh, God has somehow given him this blessing or this (laughs) curse, whatever you want to call it. Um, And and so Balak's like, all right, I've got this ace up my sleeve. I'm going to get him. He's going to come and he's going to curse these people. I'm going to win. No problem. No sweat. So he sends elders of Moab uh, to go and talk uh, to Balaam. Um, So jump... A little bit, let's go to verse 9. Now, what happens is these people come, and they lodge in, and um, what? No, actually, verse 8. And they and they say, they tell Balaam what they're there for, and this is Balaam's response in verse 8. Go ahead.
0: Okay, and he, and he said to them, Lodge here tonight, and I will bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. So the princes of Moab stayed with Balaam. And God came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? And Balaam said to God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent, me to me, say, has sent to me saying, Behold, a people has come out of Egypt, and it covers the face of the earth. Now come and curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to fight against them and drive them out. But God said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people. For they are blessed. So Balaam rose in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, Go to your own land, for the Lord has refused to let me go with you. So the princes of Moab rose and went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us.
1: Okay, so this is really interesting. So Balaam actually goes and asks permission of God. Mm-hmm. The Lord. And yeah. he's, he's like, hey, can I can I go and curse these people? And it seems like this is a modus operandi for him.
0: Yeah, he's like, no big deal. This is what I usually do.
1: Yeah, exactly. Hang out here. I'm going to go talk to God, which blows my ever-loving mind when <laughs> I think about it, that this guy had that relationship <laughs> with God, right? It's just yeah. some potent dude out, <laughs> not an Israelite. It just amazes me. Yeah. And, Dude, it sounds like this guy had everything going for him because he had that relationship. Mm-hmm. Everything. Okay, so I'm getting ahead of myself, but it blows me away. I still think about that. I'm like, <laughs> all right, so God basically says, hey, don't do it because obviously the people of Israel are a blessed nation, and I'm going to bless them because they're my chosen nation, so, you know, don't do it. Yeah. So Balaam gets in the morning, and he gives the right response to the, the princes of Balak, and... He, uh, he says I can't do it and so they saddle their donkeys and they get out of dodge so um that should be the end of the story but yeah, it's close the book but it's not the end of the story uh, as so so sadly <laughs> recorded so uh verse 15 and this is really key here Balaam
0: would have never ended up in the Sunday school class if he had just stopped right here right?
1: that's right it would have never <laughs> happened but now his name lives on in infamy <laughs> oh, it's horrible all right verse 15 go ahead
0: Verse 15 says, once again, Balak sent princes more in number and more honorable than these. And they came to Balaam and said to him, thus says Balak, the son of Zippor, let nothing hinder you from coming to me, for I will surely do you great honor and whatever you say to me, I will do. Come curse this people for me. Okay.
1: Stop right there. All right. So technically think of it like this. Um, the, the owner of a billion dollars worth of oil industry in Texas comes to you with a blank check and says, you do this one thing for me, Mm -hmm. you write your check. You can do whatever you want. I'll, I'll, (laughs) I'll do it for you. Whatever you want. You come down here and you get
0: these people off my land.
1: That's right. And I'll do whatever (laughs) you want. Okay. So this is a very, very tempting thing for Balaam. Um, extremely tempting. A king comes to you and says, "I'll yeah. do whatever you want. Just yeah. come."
0: Here's a, here's a blank check.
1: Exactly. Write <laughs> write your number. Just come curse these people. Okay. So what is Balaam gonna respond? Balaam has a conundrum here. Okay. <laughs> he has a blank check sitting over here, and then he has God, who's already told them, told him, no. He knows the answer. No. Don't curse these people. Don't do it. Yeah. And this is this to me is where Balaam makes his first. Huge mistake. Now, he makes one other, but this one is close to the biggest mistake he makes. Yeah. Right to begin with. Um, All right, so verse 18.
0: But Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the command of the Lord my God to do less or more.
1: Okay, so hold on. Balaam knows. (laughs) Right here. Balaam knows that there's nothing that he can do against God. Right. He absolutely 100% knows it. And so there's got to be tearing him up inside. Mm -hmm. And so this is his response.
0: Well, well, and here's another thing here to notice is, of course, in the translation it's going to say the Lord, my God. Uh But that word Lord right there. That's Yahweh.
1: Yes, it is. And that's a big deal. He's
0: calling God by his name. Like, he knows
1: who this is. Holy like, junk. Not a person of Israel and knows Yahweh. Yes. Okay.
0: yes he calls him by name. Yeah. Yahweh, my God. Mm. So, okay. So, we want to continue? Yes. Uh, he says, "So you too, please stay here tonight, <laughs> that I may know what more the Lord will say to me."
1: Okay, so once again, using his name, right? The Lord Yahweh will say to me, so I will know what more the Lord will say to me. Now, the reality is, is God doesn't have anything more to say to him about this yeah. matter. Yeah, it's a done deal. It's you don't go curse these people. So what is, what is Balaam doing? I'd like to see him in the wee hours of the morning waiting there and waiting for God to come down and talk to him again. Yeah. And going,
0: ah, I know he, you said this. And I know he's not alone in this. I mean, think about, like, for example, um, you want to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? Well, what if I find 50 people there? You know, so. <laughs> Absolutely. So he's not the first one to do this. Right. Like, he's like to question God's judgment and to say, basically, say, hey, maybe God will change his mind if I just persevere a little bit. Right. Uh, man, these guys—it's—it's uh, a—it's no wonder that the word hutzpah is an Israelite word. Like, it, <laughs> like how much chutzpah does it take?
1: A lot of hutzpah <laughs> to go to God and go, ah, come on, man. <laughs> Please there's a blank check over here with my name on it. You sure? Yeah. Are you you, are you positive? That's what everything yeah. you have to say. So he does. He goes back to God. And this is something that's really interesting um to me. Whenever I was younger, I never got this. And so I never knew the rest of the story really until I was 21 and I actually studied it for myself for the first time. Right. Outside of Sunday school with an mm-hmm. old lady just saying, hey, in a donkey." Right. Um, and so when I was younger, I would read up to this point, because you always read up to this point and then hit the donkey and stuff, yeah. and wonder, what in the world, God? You told him no, and now you're saying yes, and then you're going to be mad at him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay?
1: So, absolutely, um, verse 20, God came to Balaam that night, said to him, if the man come to call you, rise, go with him, but only do what I tell you. <laughs> All right? <laughs> That's a very telling, telling
0: well, phrase. Well, in... in, in- I mean based on how you read this, I mean Balaam could have taken this wrong because what God is basically saying is is like I'm giving you a leniency to go with them. That's really the only permission he gives him. Right. He says I'm going to instruct you from there on out. Right. So it's almost like he's not really giving him permission to curse anybody. He's basically saying you you can go with them if you want. Right. But you're only going to be able to do what I what I say.
1: Yeah, but it, then it, if that's If that's the case, then twenty verse 22 is very strange to me because
0: then it says, go ahead and read. Okay, so verse 21 says, so Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. Yeah. But God's anger was kindled because he went. Okay. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. He's
1: like, that idiot. (laughs) He actually went. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's... It's this. It's this thing. So I'm like, okay. So why God? Why would you do that? And my answer to that today, as I as I think about it more, is because of you and me today sitting here discussing it. Mm. I really think that God it's an is object lesson. Yeah, it's an object lesson. God is showing us, and it's an object lesson of Balaam way back then too, mm. right? He's what he's going to do here in this in these next verses is he's going to show Balaam his heart. Right. Right? Because Balaam knows why he's saddling his donkey and going, and God knows why he's saddling his donkey and going. It's not to do God's will. It's to get a blank check. It's because Balaam is a very, very selfish man. Right, right. And so that's the reason God's anger is kindled, right? And that's the reason we have this whole crazy story, uh, and I'm going to jump a little past it because we don't even have enough time. But, uh, if you ever want to read the story of Balaam and the donkey, what happens is (laughs) an angel, uh, stands on the pathway between him and Moab and, uh, with a drawn sword in hand ready to kill Balaam. And God allows the donkey to see this angel. Again, Mm -hmm. this is an object lesson that Mm -hmm. God is showing Balaam.
0: And, uh, and yeah, we actually talked about this a little bit in the last episode. oh yeah. yeah, remember we were talking about time and the appearance and disappearance right. of things. Yeah. yeah so this is
1: I mean this is absolutely just an appearance, okay yeah. So this donkey the first time he turns aside, uh, he goes down the wrong road and finally he just sits down <laughs> right mm-hmm. and he smashes Balaam's little leg and Balaam gets all ticked off. And he struck strikes the donkey each time, like he beats this donkey. And she uh, you know, she's just trying to protect Balaam. And so finally, God allows or Balaam's Balaam yells, verse twenty eight. The Lord opened a mouth of donkey and said, she said to Balaam, what have I done to you? They've struck me three times. And Balaam, who's in his anger, doesn't even realize he's talking, talking to a donkey. Balaam answered and said to the donkey, because you have made me a fool. I wish I had a sword in my hand that I would kill you, you stupid donkey. And my reaction would be, look, oh, a talking donkey. I can make some money off of this. Balaam's like, I'm going to kill him. Like he's mad, right? So, anyway, it's very interesting to me. Um, donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on which you have written all your life to this day? Is it my habit to
0: treat you this way? And Balaam was like, hmm, no. <laughs> so, so funny. <laughs> At no point is Balaam going, wait a minute, why are you talking? I'm talking
1: to a donkey. No, he's, he's so blind. That's mm. the point. There's so much, I mean, there's so much depth to that. I mean, he's absolutely blind to what's going on. He's so focused on his goal, which is to get the blank check, to get whatever his little heart desires, that he's out of his mind even when he's talking to a donkey. (laughs) And he's mad at the donkey, and he wants to kill the donkey because the donkey's not going the way he's supposed to go. Right. So God opens his eyes, he sees the sword, and what happens?
0: He bows down.
1: He bows down, that's right. Mm -hmm. He's like... I love
0: this. Uh verse thirty-four. Okay, it says, Then Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I do not know that for I did not know that you stood in the road against me. Now therefore, if it is evil in your sight, I will turn back.
1: <laughs> now, honestly, did Balaam know <laughs> that God stood on the road between him and Moab? Yeah, he knew. Mm-hmm. He knew from that first encounter with God. Right. God said, "Don't do it," and yet here's Balaam. Well, I didn't know you really didn't want me to do
0: it. <laughs> Gosh,
1: you know what I mean. And so again, God reiterates. Well, it's, fun- to it's funny; he
0: gives him the same instruction exactly in verse thirty-five. It says the angel of the Lord then said to Balaam, "Go with the men, but speak only the word that I tell you." Okay. So this is the same instruction he had <laughs> before this incident occurred,
1: and this is something very interesting speak only the word that I tell you. It's something I didn't draw out when I was preaching it the other day. Mm-hmm. Speak only the word that I tell you. In other words, go there, say your words, and get out. And get out. Mm-hmm. All right? So keep that little nugget in mind. Okay. Okay. All right, so Balak hears that Balaam's there, and he comes out to greet him, and I'm going to paraphrase a lot of the stuff. Um, and Balaam's like, listen, uh... I can only do what God tells me to do. And Bailey's like, "Yeah, yeah, I got I got you. I totally yeah, get that. Whatever, dude. Just come do this curse curse this guy." Uh and so <laughs> I don't need
0: to know how you do this. Just do it. Just do
1: it. That's right. Just like every boss ever.
0: <laughs> I don't need to know how you do it. Just make it get it done, yeah, yeah, right? And yeah. so I hear that as a programmer. That's my life. <laughs> Right. I, know. Just like, I don't need to know about SQL statements. I don't need to know about race, data races. If Balaam, or anything like you're like, it's impossible. I'm yeah. trying to tell you. Yeah. You're not going to like this. I mean, if I give it to you the way you, you're you asking, you're not going to like it. <laughs> I don't care. Just do what I'm telling you. <laughs> Stupid
1: IT guy. What's that? <laughs> no, anyways. All right. So Balaam uh, has him set him up, basically does all these alter RAM things. And you can go and look at that either, later. It's, Kind of interesting, whatever. But Balaam's setting up to do his curses. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, the first curse happens in chapter twenty-three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to call it a curse, yeah. uh, it's v-
0: the oracle.
1: The oracle. That's right. It, it's supposed to be a curse, by the way. Remember, <clears throat> Balaam's supposed to curse. So, yeah. verse seven, and go ahead and read read the first oracle for me.
0: Okay, so, and Balaam took up his first discourse and said, From Aram Balak has brought me, the king of Moab, from the eastern mountains. Come, curse Jacob for me, and come, denounce Israel. How can I curse whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? For from the tops of the crags I see him, from the hills I behold him. Behold, a people dwelling alone, and not counting itself among the nations." Who can count the dust of Jacob or the number, the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the upright and let my end be like his.
1: Okay. So I have this image in my head. Balaam Balaam has this curse in his head. He's about to utter it. He's shaking his stick or whatever. He's done his altars and he's about to say these words and all of a sudden God's voice comes out of Balaam's mouth, right? (laughs) And this is what it says. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so this is obviously not a curse. It's an absolute blessing and it's a blessing upon Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's talking about number one, that they're God's chosen people, and number two, that they they uh they number the sands of the earth, right? Yeah, That's yeah. huge it's in numbers. Basically
0: quoting the covenant to Abraham. <laughs> Exactly. It's, and, and it's even using language that he would not have – he would have no knowledge about. Right. Like he's talking about Jacob, the, uh, Yeah, about uh, Jacob. And so he would have no way of, of – Knowing that stuff because he's not
1: that. an Israelite. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, I imagine he finishes
0: and he's like, crap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. He turns back. A Balak standing there didn't go as planned. Exactly, verse eleven. Go ahead.
0: And Balak said to Balaam, "What have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies, and behold, you have done nothing but bless them." And he answered and said, "Must I not take care to speak what the Lord puts in my mouth?"
1: <laughs> so, in other words. I gotta do what I gotta do, man. That's <laughs> I, it's just the way it works, and so I don't know what, beca- don't know what came over me. Exactly. So Balak has it in his great little mind. Oh wait, it was it was the place. So let's go to a different
0: place. Verse thirteen. Go ahead. And Balak said to him, "Please come with me to another place from which you may see them. Maybe if you see them just right, you shall <laughs> see only a fraction of them and see not." And shall not see them all. <laughs> and Balak's like pretty much, it's like, you it, saw all of them and it made you feel. Do this in parts. Exactly, right. Then curse them for me from there. <laughs> so he took him to the field of Zophim, to the top of Pisgah, and built seven altars and offered a bull and ram on each altar. And Balaam said to Balak. Stand here beside your burnt offering while I meet the Lord over there.
1: All right. So the Lord put a word in his mouth again, and Balaam picks up his little discourse in verse 18. Go ahead. Balaam
0: took up his discourse and said, Rise, Balak, and hear. (laughs) Give ear to me, O son of Zippor. God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said...
1: Oh, and by the way, sorry... Yes, go ahead. Son of man, that he should change his mind. I wonder what Balaam's thinking whenever he says that. Oh, did God change his mind?
0: Mm -hmm. You know what I (laughs) mean? Okay, keep going. (laughs) Or has he spoken and will not fulfill it? Behold, I received a command to bless. He has blessed. And I cannot revoke it. He has not beheld misfortune in Jacob, nor has he seen trouble in Israel. The Lord their God is with them, and the shout of a king is among them. God brings them out of Egypt and is for them like the horns of the wild ox. For there is no enchantment against Jacob, no divination against Israel. Now it shall be said of Jacob and Israel, What has God wrought? Behold, a people! As a lioness, it rises up, and as the lion it lifts itself. It does not lie down until it has devoured the prey and drunk the blood of the slain.
1: <laughs> all right, so from here, this is uh, talking about the moral uh, authority of Israel <laughs> and the fact that they are very moral people. And then it talks about how their military contact, uh, conquest, that they destroy all these people, right? And they're about to destroy yeah, yeah. Moab. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I love this. Balak is like stop. <laughs> Verse twenty five. Do not curse them at all, yeah. and do not bless them at all. <laughs> like shut your trap. Shut, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> You're making it worse.
1: <laughs> so great. It's like dumb and dumber. And
0: Balak's like, did I not
1: tell you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I tried to warn you that you must, that I must do what the Lord puts in my mouth. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Come now. Let me take you to another place. Yeah, exactly. Let's try it again. So here's the third <laughs> oracle. Uh, ridiculous. All right. Uh, verse 3 of, of chapter, chapter 24. 24.
0: And he took up his discourse again and said, The oracle of Balaam, the son of Baor, the oracle of the man whose eye is opened, the oracle of him who hears the words of God and who sees the vision of the Almighty, falling down with his eyes uncovered, How lovely are your (laughs) tents, O Jacob, your encampments, O Israel, like palm groves that stretch afar, like gardens beside a river, like aloes that the Lord has planted, like cedar trees beside the waters. Water shall flow from his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters, and the king shall be higher than Agag, and his kingdom shall be exalted God brings him out of Egypt and is for him like the horns of a wild ox. He shall eat up the nations, his adversaries, and shall break their bones in pieces and pierce them through with his arrows. He crouched. He laid down like a lion <laughs> and like a lioness, who will rouse him up? Blessed are those who bless you and cursed are those who curse you.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh my goodness! So this
0: keeps getting worse for him.
1: Yeah, by that time, Balak's like, "I this is this is terrible." Like, his anger's kindled against he struck Balaam. His hands together. He strikes his <laughs> hands together. There's nothing he can do. Um, and Balaam, verse twelve, this is really telling. Balaam said to Balak, "Did I not tell your messengers who you sent me? If Balak should give me his house full of silver and gold, I would not be able to go beyond with a word." of the Lord to do either good or bad on my own will. Mm. All right. So again, Balaam's realizing that there's nothing that he can do to curse these people. right? And Balak's realizing (laughs) there's nothing he can do to curse these people. So uh, he has, he has seven oracles in all. Um, and he can keep on going. The fourth one, uh, what's four, right? Yeah. Four, but I mean, seven poems. Okay. Um, the fifth one's, uh, in, well, they break them down into seven different gotcha. categories. The, the fourth one is actually Christ's prophecy. That's, that's awesome. A coming of the king. Uh, if you look at verse 15, you can read that one real quick. And okay. this is the last one. Balaam doesn't even, at this point, Balak doesn't even ask him to do this prophecy. Balaam's like, not only that, this is, I'll, I'll let you know what's going to happen. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and, and before we get to that, also I find it interesting that at the end of the last one, he does that, blessed are them who bless you and curse are those who curse you. Whoa. That's that's another quote from the Abrahamic covenant. Right. Like, that's exactly what God told Abraham.
1: Right. And so he's fulfilling that in Balaam, by the way. I know.
0: Think about that. <laughs> so he's prophesying his own demise. Right. right? He because, is. Because he's trying to curse them. Right. right. Wow. Okay, so the last one says, and he took up his discourse and said, The oracle of Balaam, the son of Baal, or the oracle of the man whose eye is open, the oracle of him who hears the word of God and knows the knowledge of the Most High and sees the vision of the Almighty falling down with his eyes uncovered. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and it shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of Sheth. Edom shall be dispossessed. Seir also, his enemies, shall be dispossessed. Israel is doing valiant, valiant, valiantly. <laughs> and, one of the, and one from Jacob shall exercise dominion and destroy the survivors of cities. Mm-hmm. And he looked on Amal, Am, uh, Amalek and took up his discourse. And
1: this is why they divide him, by the way, in verse gotcha, 20. Gotcha.
0: Amalek was the first among the nations, but its end is utter destruction. And he looked on to the Kenite. And took up his discourse and said, Enduring is your dwelling place, and your nest is set in the rock. Nevertheless, Cain shall be burned, and when Asher takes you away captive. And he took up his discourse and said, Alas, who shall live when God does this? But ships shall come from Kittim, and shall afflict Asher and Eber. And he said, and he too shall come to utter destruction. Then Balaam rose, went back to his place, and Balak also went his way. Right. It's like they didn't have anything to say after that. It's like, you know. It's
1: like, I'm done. (laughs) Whatever. I can't do anything else. Now, that should be the end of the story then. Um, That's not the end of the story? But that's not even the end of the story. Uh, So, like I said, Balaam has this infamous name uh, Mm. in scripture. And uh, if you ever Google it, you'll come across a whole bunch of of different verses. Uh, I'm going to bring a couple of them up to you. And every time Balaam's mentioned it's usually about being a false prophet. Yeah. Um, which is kind of interesting. So 2 Peter 2:15 2 Second Peter
0: 2 verse 15 says, forsaking the right way, they have gone astray. They have followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved gain from wrongdoing but was rebuked for his own transgression. A speechless donkey spoke with human voice and restrained the prophet's madness.
1: Okay. Um, And I love what he says right after this. This is really good. Um, These are wells without water, right?
0: Yeah. These are waterless springs and mist driven by a storm. Mm.
1: So what good is a well without water? Useless. Yeah, it's useless. And a well, I mean, it has all the appearance of being something that's good and vibrant and healthy mm, and wonderful. Satisfies. And then when you dip your dipper down there and there's nothing, mm. it's useless. It's pointless. It's like the fig tree that Jesus cursed right. on the way into Jerusalem, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? It looks looks pleasing, but in the end, it's not. And Balaam, they talk about Balaam being this way, a well without water. Right. Uh, a very displeasing thing. And so, um, I mean, if you look at Jude one eleven, Woe to them, for they walk in the way of Cain, abandon themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and punished in Korah's rebellion, which is mm, interesting. Yeah.
0: Um, which, by the way, was another um, individual who caused riot. Yes, Korah. The... Mm-hmm.
1: So... Obviously, there's something else that happens, and uh, if we look, um, let's see. How should we do this? Let's. Get, I tell you what. Let's go to Revelation because it tells us the end of the story. Then we can we can look a little bit more. Okay. So <laughs> Revelation two, um, and let's go verse fourteen.
0: Okay, verse fourteen. So we're dealing here with the letter to the church at Pergamum. Right. This. These are the letters to the churches. This it says a few things I have against you. You have you have some there who hold the teachings of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel, so that they might eat food sacrificed to idols and practice sexual immorality. So also you have some who hold the teachings of the Nicolaitans. Therefore repent. If not, I will come to you soon and war against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. All right. So this whole weird
1: thing about Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block Mm -hmm. before the sons of Israel. So apparently, if Balaam went home, in verse 25, out of frustration, he came back out of worse frustration. Yes. And he talked to Balak again. Um, and we can read about what happened actually in the next chapter. Right after this is the uh, the Baal worship um, of the Israelites. Now we've we've just heard all these wonderful things about the Israelites—how mm-hmm. they're morally pure and upright, they have only one God—and then Balaam has an idea about what to do with these dudes. And so, verse or chapter twenty-five, starting mm-hmm. in verse one, go ahead.
0: <clears throat> it says, "While Israel lived in Shittim." the people began to whore with the daughters of Moab. These invited the people to the sacrifice of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel yoked himself to Baal of Peor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, Take all the chiefs of the people and hang them in the sun before the Lord, that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. And Moses said to the judges of Israel each of you kill those of his men who have yoked themselves to Baal of Peor. Mm. And behold one of the people of Israel one of the people of Israel came and brought a Midianite woman to his family and in the sight of Moses and in the sight of the whole congregation of the people of Israel while they were weeping in the entrance of the tent of meeting mm. while uh, Phineas, the son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, the priest, saw it. He rose and left the congregation, took a spear in his hand, and went after the man of Israel into the chamber and pierced them both, both of them, the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. Thus the plague on the people of Israel has stopped. Nevertheless, those who died by the plague were 24,000. Wow. It's another story that didn't make it into the Sunday School book,
1: right? You never get the coloring picture of uh, of Phineas stabbing a, a dude and his and a, girlfriend and a woman. through <laughs> through with a stake uh, to stop a plague. Yeah, it's very interesting. But so there's this crazy story about the Israelites whoring themselves out, and and what happened was this Balaam. If he went home, he didn't stay there long. I don't know if he told Balak before he went home um, or he came back. And I think he came back because Joshua chapter 13 actually records Balaam's death. And we'll mm-hmm. get to that in a second. Um, but so Balaam <clears throat> told Balak, listen, I can't curse these guys. And you know it now, and I know it. We've, we've gone through it four times. There ain't no way I can open my mouth and say a curse against these guys. God will not curse these guys. But I will. This is what you need to do. I know God. And I know that God cannot stand it when anybody has any other gods before him. Right, right. And I know that these people are his chosen people, and I realize that these people are supposed to be pure. So here's what you do. You get your beautiful women. You gather them up, you send them in there, and you get them to entice the dudes. And you get those dudes to start worshiping Baal. And when those dudes start worshiping Baal, God will be angry at them, and God will punish yeah, them. he'll take care of he'll them. He'll take care of them, and you won't have to lift a finger.
0: Yeah. That's wow. what you do.
1: Now, give me my blank check. <clears throat> right? Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly what happened.
0: and And so... Which on one hand is very interesting that Balaam would have enough insight to even know that. All right.
1: It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. But more than anything, it, it just blows my ever-living mind. Because here's a dude who knows Yahweh by name, who has a relationship with him, mm-hmm. and thinks, and knows who God is, Right, and thinks that he can plot. And
0: figure this out.
1: And, and get him, away with it. And get away with it. Right. Because... Why because because of money, so let's go ahead and turn to Joshua chapter 13, which is the other uh, the other story of this okay the Joshua version. Um, let's see if I can pull it up too
0: Joshua 13
1: um, and I'm not sure exactly where to go from there because I didn't pull this up earlier and I should have but it's been a long day uh Joshua 13. All right, land still be conquered, blah, blah, blah. I think it's 22 or something like that. It's almost like a footnote.
0: Joshua thirteen
1: twenty two. Is What's it? Yeah.
0: Okay. So it says, uh, Balaam also, the son of Baor, the one who practiced divination, so that's how we kind of mm-hmm. know that, was killed with the sword by the people of Israel among the rest of their slain.
1: Alright. And the rest of their slave being all these people, the Midianites and the Moabites, okay? Mm-hmm. So all these people, Balaam is still hanging out with them. Yeah. Whenever the war happens and Balaam gets killed. Bad idea. With them. Okay? Yeah. Horrible idea. But the reality <laughs> is is Balaam chooses to go against God. And this is why I call him the stupidest man in the Bible. <laughs> is because he thinks for a second that he can um, trick God or make God do whatever he wants him to do. Yeah. And he thinks for a second that he can go against God's will and have, have any kind of a, a relationship with him. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a horrible lesson, but the reality is, is how many of us do this? <clears throat> we get something that we want so badly, so selfishly, right? And we we think, well, God, you know, you're just not letting me have this.
0: Well, and and part of it is the concept here of how what lengths he would go to to actually go against God. Like he's not just doing it out of, I mean, he's conniving this whole this whole time. Yeah. Um. Like, I find it interesting that that the the letter to the church there. At, Pergamum. And there's another letter too that mentions Balaam as well. Right. And the, of course, he's not talking about literal Balaam. He's talking about.
1: The spirit of Balaam.
0: Right. That they have the same mindset. Yeah. Which, think about that. He's talking to a church. Mm. Hmm.
1: That has the mindset of this dude.
0: Right. And and of course, there's all kinds of takes on Revelation too. Uh, There's the dispensationalist view, Mm -hmm. which is basically saying that each church. Is a representation of an age Age of of time Mm -hmm. of church history, which I could see. You know, if you want to go there, do that map. But uh, I think there's there's all kinds of layers of understanding in those passages. I do believe that those were physical churches and those were physical problems, right? Um, But you can also look at it in terms of that. Those are the natures of churches in general. Like certain churches have these. These types of, of uh, what do you call it, um, uh, attributes. Right. So that there are people in these churches that have this. And uh, it kind of goes, uh, at one time I did a little interesting study where I mapped the seven uh, kingdom parables in mm-hmm. Matthew 13 to the seven churches. That's interesting. And they kind of have a correlation. And we'll have to do that. And so I haven't, I haven't seen that one. One of them, is this, cons- this parable of the, the mustard seed right. growing into a tree right. where birds come and lodge in the branches. Right. And I think that most commentators get it wrong. I don't think that's a good thing. Uh, I think it's talking about growing beyond its design. Okay. Because mustard plant is a plant, not a tree. Not a tree. It grew beyond its design and it housed the birds, which we learn earlier in these kingdom parables is a representation of the wicked ones. Evil, yep. So, uh, so it's almost like this continuation of thought through these right. parables. And so um, that ties in real well to when you're talking about Balaam's. When you have people who are in the church that don't get it, they're using it for their own advantage they're using it for their own prosperity
1: selfish
0: gain right they u- they're they using it for things like that and and so yeah. uh, and what links will they go to hmm. uh, another one that's very interesting is a lot of people um, have debated over the years about what this word Nicolaitan means uh, because it says right after that it says they also hold to the to the teachings of the Nicolaitans yeah the Nicolaitan is um, I mean I don't espoused to know exactly who he's talking about there. There's all these debates. Most people say it, w- it must have been a sect of the church that, you know, persecuted people or whatever. Right. But um, if you break down the word itself, it's almost a transliterated word. Like it, that's the Greek, niko, laity. laity. And, what, and what that is, if you break down the Greek and look at what the, the root of that word means, it means to lord over huh. the laity. Or the common man. So if so, a, a Nicolaitan, in, in a, if you were to translate that, would be someone who desires power yeah. over the people. Oof. So if you stop and look at church history or even churches today. That happens all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. How many times do you have leadership oh, man. that yeah. is... Now, if you combine these <clears throat> two, think about how detrimental that is to church. Yeah. To
1: Ecclesia. And, you know, it's a really good, if you if you compare it to the life of, of Balaam, it's a really good analogy there. Because they have this relationship with mm. God, yeah. and they're going to exploit it. Right? right. That's <laughs> their plan. Is yes. To exploit this relationship. Oh, it's horrible. And that's it. But it's, a, yeah, it's absolutely evil. And it's no wonder that this guy got such a bad name. I mean, he has a horrible name to the to the Hebrews from then on. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just a it's an interesting study to see that we need to be cautious. We need to be careful about our desires. We need to actually look at our desires mm-hmm. and see, am I man, I'm a whore. I desire this money, this power, this this prestige, this blank check more than I desire my God. Mm-hmm. And that, that relationship, the fact that in the middle of the night that God comes down and talks to Balaam. And
0: sometimes that can come in disguise to you. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can really not get that that's where you're at. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, like there, there are people that I believe uh, that are that feel like they're perfectly in the right. But that's part of the problem. They believe they are in the right so much mm. that everyone else is wrong and that gives them power. That gives them satisfaction. Right. That gives them this this sense of uh I have found the truth mm. and I'm the one who has the truth. Mm. And all these others, you know, either don't or you are listening to me and you're understanding what the truth really is. Ugh. And so it can be, it can sneak up on you if you're not careful, right? Because you can be, you can lie to yourself that it's about God, and you can lie to yourself that it's about all kinds of stuff that it's not really about, right? So, and I'm sure that that might have been even in Balaam's mind in, in, in many areas. Uh, but you know, after blessing them four times, when you're trying to curse them, it should give you an indication. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit, you think? <laughs> My goodness! Wow.
1: Speaking of curses, we're about to go into the, the news, and my computer just shut off. Really? <laughs> it's done.
0: <laughs> wow! I
1: don't know what happened. It, that's plugged in, isn't it?
0: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Hit pause, and we'll.
0: Uh, well, <laughs> we can just plug in over I'll there. Plug in over there. So.
1: Oh my gosh! I can't believe it. <laughs>
0: Like, what in the world? Okay, I will I will start the segue. So okay. that was a cool study of Bailey. Thank you <laughs> right, so, so much. <laughs> and now the news. Now you have to power your computer back on, don't
1: you? So, yeah. Um, Holy ghost power. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the power button is on this. It's my wife's. I oh, left, really? Yeah, I left mine at home or at the school.
0: <laughs> well, why don't we do feedback first while you're pulling it up? All right, deal. Okay, so um, we have some feedback through Facebook that I thought I'd share. And sometimes this stuff piles up on us because I don't often think about it. Because we're not getting it via uh, voicemail or, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, email. Email. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but we do get feedback on Facebook from time to time. So, uh, um, first off, we have some messages from my daughter, Mandy, who is an avid listener. Mandy. Monday. So, what's I'm, that
1: song about Mandy?
0: Oh, Mandy, that's right. You came and you gave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you name her after that? <laughs> no, not, not exactly. <laughs> What'd you name Mandy after, or who'd you name? I just like the name actually. Mandy. And what and it's funny, I actually gave her the name Amanda so that if she got older and had a professional job, she may not want to be Mandy and right. that. And so, um. So we also would sing, you know, Boston's Amanda song to her. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, she writes to us and says, um, your favorite worship songs was a really fun episode. My favorite worship songs before the throne of God above and how deep the father's love made your list. Yay. I have more to type. Hold on. The enter button sends separate messages. Okay, so a few of my favorites that were mentioned are Forever Rain, Beautiful Things, and Now to Him, but I especially want to share the lyrics of uh, Resurrecting by Elevation Worship. The head that once was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory now. The Savior knelt to wash our feet, now at his feet we bow. The only, the one who war our sin and shame now robed in majesty the radiance of perfect love now shines for all to see your name is victory all praise will rise to Christ our king uh, so and then she she continues the song it says the live recording is powerful to me because the crowd's reaction during certain parts of the song showcased the power of the words such, such as the line our God has robbed the grave." I love hearing the cheering in the background. So yeah, thanks for the episode. So yeah. And then she writes again and says, just wanted to share how meaningful this Sabbath episode has been to me. I listened to it uh, once all the way through while I was distracted with housework, but I didn't deeply hold onto any of its contents. But after that, I started noticing things here and there, Uh, popping up that reminded me of something you had said during the episode. For instance, I heard the verse in Matthew 23 quoted by someone else where Jesus says that he just wants to gather them up like a hen does her chicks. Mm -hmm. And I thought, hey, I just heard that same verse. I then discovered that the next chapter in a spiritual disciplines study uh, I'm doing with some friends is about practicing the Sabbath. So, I kept finding things pointing me back to your podcast. So, I decided to listen to it again, giving it my full attention in preparation for my spiritual discipline study. After I listened, it became clear to me that the Spirit had this message for me that I had ignored the first time He presented it. As the episode progressed, I realized that some of the verses you were reading were the very same ones I had spent time studying and pondering in recent weeks, Spirit Symphony. I had missed it the first time. Through listening to this episode, I was convicted in my lack of resting in Jesus. I have been fighting the rest like a little child fighting nap time and I am moved now to give it to the rest to give it to the rest that Jesus has been pleading for me to be embracing all along. Also, this made clear to me that the Sabbath looks like what, what the Sabbath looks like in the fulfillment of the law more fully than I had previously understood it. Thank you for your study and willingness to share them. The one, ha, this one has definitely been a blessing to me.
1: So, wow. Thanks, man. You know, Mandy. you're a blessing to us too. And, uh, yeah, that Sabbath thing. I think they got a lot of download just because people were really interested in hearing yeah, about it. Yeah,
0: and we also got some feedback on <clears throat> the last episode, the Space Time and, and God episode. Yeah. I uh, actually got quite a bit of, of positive stuff on that one. Um, <clears throat> we have one of our listeners, Karen Greenfield, wrote, Wow, mind-stretching, reminded me of a wrinkle in time, but even more awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was cool Yeah, and then we have another listener Lyle Wallace wrote and said I can honestly say that I have thought about the overall topic of the show before however I have never and would have never thought about applying it like you guys did the 55 minute mark about the crucifixion blew my mind I'm looking at sin in a whole different way I don't know how you guys do what you do it's amazing and then he shared the episode. Yeah. And was like, if you're not listening to the Theonauts, you should be. You should be. <laughs> Which is awesome. Thanks, brother. That's a
1: uh high praise right there. <laughs> so Yes. Yeah, so,
0: so that's that's the feedback I got. So uh, That's awesome. You know, we might get behind on our face back, Facebook page Facebook feedback but uh we we get there that's right slowly but surely all right so so do you have news for us i
1: don't i my my computer is done so other than we need to here's the news you want me to sum up the news we really need to pray for our nation work computer no okay so we really need to be praying for our nation in richardson there's a whole lot of backlash i don't know if you're on social media maybe this might be a time to delete your facebook i don't know uh (laughs) but over and over and over again i'm hearing both sides and uh it's a shocking thing i don't know if you heard about what's happening in richardson but the statue of the general lee um there were alt-right uh protesters who came and protested people who want to tear down and it's actually a government mandate to tear down the statue of the general, uh, Robert E Lee. Um, which I mean, if you study history, Robert E Lee wouldn't be the prime person I would tear down a statue of, um, to fight racism, but I can get it. I understand he was a Confederate general, um, the leader of the Confederate army. Um, so there's just a whole bunch of just struggling going on right now. Uh, as far as racial tension in yeah. our country, which is amazing to me because I remember growing <laughs> up and listening to my parents talk about the racial tension and my grandparents and then thinking I'll never have to see that. Oh, man. And yeah. watching it. And it's amazing to me. So be praying for both sides in Richardson, praying that Jesus's love would shine through. And, uh, you know... We're no strangers to animosity. We, we watched hate happen this Sunday at church. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the answer to it is always love.
0: Yes. So hard to do. Yeah. Like, it's so hard to look. I mean, it's easy to say love your enemies. Mm-hmm. Man, when people are screaming at you and calling you names, and they're totally in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, like, there's no doubt. They're totally in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Justice is on your side. Right. It is so hard. To say, I'm sorry. Yep. I mean, it's so hard to it say to, to basically, you know, be compassionate and loving and forgiving and look at that other person and realize God died for that person. Yeah. Jesus you know, died for that person and and they're made in yeah. the image of God.
1: So I was reading uh I'm actually walking through First Peter with my my uh, seventh graders today. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the persecution that they were facing at the hands of these Roman emperors at the time, right? Right, and th- there was persecution going on here. I mean, it was a big deal. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. We, we, don't, didn't, we don't get a whole lot of that.
1: We yeah, we don't get a whole lot Not of here that. anyway. But I mean, lions tearing people apart. Yeah, dipped in wax lit on you know fire for garden parties. These are these are the type of people uh, that Peter is talking about in chapter three yeah. of First Peter when he says respect and honor the emperor right <laughs> think about that
0: mhm
1: i mean if that's not love i don't know what it is and he he sincerely believed that by loving our enemies and this, that's what the whole book like 1 first peter is about loving and showing honor to your enemies you will you will convince them of god's love right
0: and it starts at home i you mean know. Like uh, you know, we were just when we were talking about the you know some of the stuff that's been going on lately. We were like looking at uh, you know First Corinthians six. I was reading it the other day. I was thinking, wow, this is like we really need to heed this. And it's talking about Christians suing one another. Of course, the Corinthians were all messed up, right? And they were doing all kinds of wacky stuff.
1: Nobody wants to be the Church Corinth.
0: Yeah, they were they were fighting each (laughs) other and suing one another, taking each other to court, right? And his and his statement to them was basically this: Do you not have people within your camp? That can judge between, you know, do you have to go outside the camp to try and figure this out? You know, and, but the most telling verse to me is like verse seven, where it says, why not you just, why wouldn't you just rather be defrauded Mm. than go through this anyway? Yeah. Like, like take your lumps, be defrauded, be, be in the right and then wrong, but like be the one who changes, who steps up to the plate. And caves in, even though you're right Be defrauded Wow For the sake of peace, for the sake of love For the sake of of uh, Basically the gospel Because that's what the gospel is, right? Yeah So,
1: Amen Alright, uh, how about today in church history? I got this one pulled up on my mobile oh, I can good. do this because it's hilarious It has nothing to do with any, th- any of that But it's kind of funny Hop in our TARDIS Head on back there to, uh, to circa between 301 and 600 BC, but today, uh, actually at 565, August 22nd, 565, St. Columbia is said to have encountered the Loch Ness Monster.
0: Dun, dun, dun. Have you ever heard of
1: St. Columbia?
0: Holy Ghost power—that's awful. <laughs> I guess, I
1: guess not. So Saint Columbia was this dude who traveled around. People attribute miracles, and so basically, I'll, I'll give you the rundown of the story. This is recording the animals of history. So he crosses the Loch Ness because he has to get somewhere in Scotland. And uh, and uh, as he gets to the other side, there's a dude there that's lying down and he's dying. And when when they ask when he asks why, he's like um it's cuz he was swimming and he got bitten by this water beast <laughs> and so columbia's like oh no that's awesome uh, are awful but there was a boat of oh, ghost power. that's awful that's right there's a boat that uh was was adrift and so Colum- uh, columbia's like tells one of his guys hey go swim out there and get that boat and bring it back. <laughs> and the guy, without hesitation, is like, all right. So he strips off his clothes. He goes, jumps in the water, starts swimming. And all of a sudden, there's this gigantic beast that comes out. He's about to eat him. And St. Columbia holds up his staff. And he's like, you shall not pass. <laughs> and, uh, and the beast goes back into the water. Wow. And uh, the guy survives it. My only fear is the uh, milk drinkers in my congregation Is this meat going to be too much for them to swallow? Oh, that's great. So, that story. I've never heard that story.
0: Now you know. I've heard St. George and the Dragon. Yeah. But I have have not heard that one.
1: St. Columbia and the Loch Ness Monster. (laughs) I'm going to make a children's book out of that. Oh, wow. So, (laughs) now you know the rest of the story. Wow. Yeah. That's Uh, that's all I got for you. My computer's still... (laughs) I don't know how to turn it on. Honey, if you know how to turn your computer on, could you please call
0: me? I'm sure she will let you know. Yeah. All right, let's rock out of here then. Okay, let's do it. The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go into all the world and to proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, go to gctnetwork.com, subscribe to the newsletter, and stay up to date with all our shows, including Finding Christ in Cinema and the Secret Fire Podcast.
1: Visit our website at Theonautspodcast.com for show notes and outlines. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. And be sure to rate us because that helps us reach a larger audience.
0: There are several ways you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us email to Theonauts at gctnetwork.com or call us on our voicemail line at 972-885-7270. Tweet
1: to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts.
0: If you like us and want even more Theonauts, drop us a buck or two at patreon.com slash Theonauts. Your patronage helps in our expenses like hosting fees and equipment costs.
1: And don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's
0: word with us. All right, Jeremiah, thanks for being here, brother. Thank you, David. God bless. God bless. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972 885 7270. That's 972 885 7270. love to hear from you.
1: You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This
0: is your Great Commission. This
1: is your Great Commission transmission. At gctnetwork.com. This is your great Your Great Commission transmission. They're possibly cloning an army of giant Al Qaeda guys.